Welcome to Zero to CEO, where seasoned entrepreneurs will teach you how to succeed. I'm your host, Jason Sherman. In today's episode of Zero to CEO, I'm here with Lee Caldwell. He's a preeminent commercial behavioral scientist. Sorry, that's a mouthful. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Hey, uh, thanks, Jason. I know you wanted three words to describe me, but I think we could only cut it down to four or five. Yeah, and and you know, it's it's. I mean, I understand what a behavioral scientist. I'm assuming that you are really good at like understanding people in general. Um, and but tell me a little bit about the specifics of hmm. what a behavioral scientist does before we talk about you know the topic. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're quite right. A behavioral scientist uh, is somebody who uh, understands human behavior and uh, also the underlying psychology and and causes that drive human behavior. Um, and the reason that I um, suggest the word commercial is because there's plenty of people in the universities of the world doing academic research on behavioral mm, science. Right. Um, and But there aren't as many who do it in the commercial world who help companies to take those lessons and use them to understand their customers and understand the, you know, the unconscious thoughts and feelings that their customers might have, uh, the different ways that you can influence them and get them to, you know, ultimately buy more of your stuff. And that's the topic we're going to cover is behavioral science and the future of consumer insight. So, I mean, this is really interesting to me because, you know, I have a startup and I'm always trying to understand the behavior of the people that I'm targeting in ads, video yep. ads, TV ads, you name it, and trying to like tell a story that they can resonate with and then seeing if they do in fact, relate to it and then want to use my product. Um, mm. I, I just want to, before I go into that, I, I want to just touch base. I noticed that your website is irrationalagency.com. We usually plug at the end, but I wanted to bring it up because <laughs> what made you come up with irrational agency? Is it because people are just irrational or because you guys have an irrational approach to how you <laughs> help, help people promote yeah. their brands? I'm just curious so, about that. Yeah, so it's, um, it's, it's, more, of the, uh, it's more of the former. Uh, people are a bit irrational. There's a, tr <laughs> there's a traditional, um, oh, that's great. View, traditional view in economics called the rational agent theory, which tells us that supposedly everyone is very logical and everyone makes decisions according to the optimal way to like maximize their long term returns and all of these things that any you know if we all if we all did behave like that then it might be a very boring world. Um, and in fact, the world of behavioral science tells us there's all of these quirks and all of these weird things about how people think and feel and behave that tr we kind of call irrationality even though in reality there is a reason behind everything you know right, even of some of those quirks like you mentioned stories so yeah we might behave in a certain way because we have a story about ourselves our identity about the world uh, and that story drives our behavior so there is a reason behind it, but sometimes it can look irrational from the outside. And so that's why we call oh, the company the, the, the last three years have looked very irrational. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. um, and and let's talk about the, the why behind the what and, and what you mean by that. I noticed it a lot on your website and your branding. Um, yeah. So tell, tell me about that a little bit. Okay. So traditional market research, um, and uh, some of your listeners uh, might have done some research. Maybe you've done a survey of your customers or you've done uh, focus groups. Roughly speaking, it's based on asking people questions about what they do. Now, there's two problems with that. One is that people don't always know what they do. They can't always tell you accurately, you know, how many, how, do you always brush your teeth twice a day? Even this is a one where people, everyone says they do, but actually, apparently on average, people only brush their teeth 1.3 times a day. Now, huh. no one's going to admit that in a, in a survey, uh, but it's the truth. Wow. Um, so there's, there's 
Part of it is about closing what we call the say-do gap between what people claim and what they actually do. Same thing if you're doing a survey about a new product that you're launching. Um, you might say, uh, uh, you might show the product to people and say, are you likely to buy this? Would you buy this if you saw it in a store or would you buy it online? And probably 50, 60% of people will say yes because they want to please you. They want you to feel good. They want to be nice. Uh, and also they um, aren't very good at predicting their own behavior. But when you really show it to them in a real store, ask for their money, maybe 10% of them are going to buy it. So this gap is really important and you you need to really understand people's psychology to close it. The other yeah. side is that, that why behind the what. It's one thing to know what someone does, but you also want to know why they do it. Um, well, yeah, that's, that's, what I was gonna, that's what I was going to yeah. ask is like, uh, there's so much market research out there, right? Oh. And you're doing market research. Yeah. But you're, and you're trying to figure out how the consumer reacts to your marketing efforts. So like, how do you get the why? I mean, you can mm. ask, you know what the what is, but how, how do you get that? Because you can't ask them really. Exactly, exactly. So you have to drill into that in very indirect ways. Mm. What you want to do is get into the unconscious of the customer. And actually, the word story that you mentioned is mm -hmm. a really great way to do that. So instead of us asking people questions like, would you buy this product? Or how many times do you brush your teeth a day? We ask them to tell us stories. So we mm -hmm. say, tell us a story about uh, the the last time that you, let's say your um, uh, your company makes potato chips. Uh, tell me a story about when you last ate potato chips. Who were you with? What happened? Did you right. enjoy them? What is the, you know, what happened before? What happened after? I was at a How friend's house having a party, exactly. you know, having a good time crunching on the chips. And you exactly, can, yeah. You, you get and a lot can, of visual and aura. Yeah. yeah, you learn a lot from that. Interesting. And um, so you can then... Um, you can get not just what people, the words people use, the emotions and the senses that they describe, but you can get a lot about the reasons. Because the thing about a story is every story is a series of cause and effect scenes. Right. So everything, you know, classic story, whether it's a fairy tale or a, a movie that you see, each thing logically follows into the next. Right. And uh, that's kind of how a story binds together and makes sense. And even the things that you might not know at the beginning, when they're all revealed at the end, it always makes sense. And it's like, oh, that's why the butler said this in the, you right. know, in the beginning. That's the and why. so uh, the story tells you why everything follows on from... There's a lot of information in a story. I mean, that's like when you pick up a good book, there's so much detail in the story that, you know, you really can see and learn and understand everything. Yeah. yeah. And, and people, are, people are really natural storytellers. It's, right. It can feel a little bit artificial when you're doing a survey and you, you know, they give you this yeah, big, it's, it's, bunch it's a questionnaire. Of yeah. It takes you back to being in school when you're taking a test and nobody likes yeah. those pop quizzes, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, if you but, say to someone, tell me a story, oh, well, suddenly it's, it's a different feeling. So we know storytelling works, but traditional research methods usually they fall short in predicting future behaviors and like motivations. So although as a, startup, like in my example, you know, I, I want to reach a certain target market, which is obviously the, the end all be all in marketing is getting your target market, right? But there's like a chasm, I feel like there's like a gap in between like my intentions versus like the actions that I want to actually happen. So mm -hmm. how, how do you, you know, use behavioral, the behavioral approach to, uh, you know, I guess, get the insights yeah. that I am looking for? That's kind of what I want to know, and I think everybody else wants to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this is this is this is one of the reasons that the behavioral science field was really invented back in the 1950s. 
is because um, psychologists started to notice that gap. They noticed that what people say is not always fulfilled in what they do. They noticed this, that people do behave in this illogical way. And so they created, and we've then followed and been inspired by, these experiments that they designed where you can put people into different situations. You design a kind of scenario hmm. and you you put them in that scenario and by immersing them in this, this situation, you then uh, measure their real behavior. And so an example, let's say that you're, again, you're selling potato chips. Um, we, you're making me hungry, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, we would, rather than just asking, you know, how often do you buy potato chips? Would you like to have this new flavor of, I don't know, right. hedgehog flavored potato, potato chips? Yuck. Um, well, this this actually was released in the UK in the 1990s. Oh my um, god! <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, they had to take they had to take them off the shelf because they didn't, didn't contain Sonic, real hedgehogs. Sonic came around and <laughs> yeah, said no. Exactly. <laughs> um, so let's uh, say that I want great. I want to um, find out if these are going to be a a good uh, you know prospect to put on the shelf. Um, I will um, uh, basically recreate almost like a simulated scenario for the participants so i'll i'll show them a picture of the store uh, i'll again i'll use a bit of storytelling i'll say tell me about the last time you went to the store right. how were you feeling were you hungry when you walked in or uh you know where you shopping all the for details trust? all the details and then i'll show them a picture uh the front of the store and then i'll say right you go into the store here's the different shelves different aisles which ones you want to go to and they'll get eventually to the potato chips and then i'll show them like a shelf that has hundred different kinds of potato chips and um, I'll tell them how much money they've got in your in your wallet and uh, they then have to pick uh, the ones that they really want and then I'm going to find out are you going to choose the hedgehog ones or maybe you're going to default to your more tried and trusted like uh, salt sour cream salt and vinegar sour cream whatever it is I love yeah. sour cream and onion my favorites <laughs> so, yeah that's a great one I think it's, it's a funny example of this because all the flavors that There's people so have many. in different countries they're all different so in, oh, in the UK true. we've got Worcester sauce and we've Ooh, got a lot of a good like, one. all sorts of different things that you probably don't have and you guys, um, uh, fish and chips, really, chips are really French fries. They're not even potato. Well, exactly, those are crisps. Yeah. You call them I'm, crisps. I'm trying to translate for uh, I got you. for I, your accent, but yeah, we call them crisps. So. I got you. That's cool. I, I appreciate that. And um, so let's talk a little bit about something I noticed on your website that I oh. I want to know about. I don't know much about it. It's called System 3. Is, oh, this, yeah. some, is this something that you developed or or, or what? You know, tell me about it a little bit? Yeah. So we have, uh, we make our business to stay very close to the science and I go to a lot of conferences where those university psychologists and behavioral economists are presenting their research. I present my own there. So I try to get really keep really immersed in the cutting edge and not just the commercial side of it. Now, one of the distinctions that is common in the uh, behavioral science world is system one and system two. Some of your listeners will have heard of this. Uh, system one is what is traditionally the unconscious mind, uh, the automatic mind where you know, you you touch a hot stove and you automatically jump right. back. You don't even need to think about reflexes it. and muscle exactly. memory and things like exactly. that. Exactly. System two is the more calculating mind where you plan out your behavior and you say, okay, I'm going to borrow money to buy a house. What's the interest rate that I can afford? And you do your spreadsheet. Do a little research. System. Exactly. Now, what we realized in um, talking to a lot of these psychologists is there's a third type of thinking that goes on and that is called mental simulation where people imagine okay. a particular behavior they feel the emotions or or senses that they would feel 
when you imagine you so pro- project yourself onto like a beach it, the sun's shining right. you're drinking your cocktail you can kind of start to feel what that's yeah. like even I though mean, it's just you're just inventing so, it so head. i mean i've been doing this for i want to say decades where i call it visualization i've been kind right. of vis- visualizing what it is i want out of life or a situation yeah. that i want to be in and i close my eyes and i meditate and i really think on what that would be like and i even write in a journal what the outcome would be so i can sure. really visualize in my whole life i've been doing those things that I visualized, you know, step by step, yeah. I've been actually accomplishing those goals. And that's how I've Great. done it. Yeah. So is that, is that a good that, example? That's a, a very good example, very, very much so. And we realized that um, there wasn't exactly a place for this in the traditional behavioral science structure of the system one and two. It actually does sit as a, as a different type of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I put the label of system three on that. And so nice. I, now I go to these Congrats. conferences and say, uh, you know, here's actually uh, you should think about this differently, system one, two and three. And we also use this in our commercial work to to think, because really, when people are encountering a new product that they've not used before, whether it's a hedgehog flavored crisps or whether it's a new uh, e-commerce platform or a new piece of software or, or a holiday vacation they haven't been on before, they are they imagine the outcome before they buy it and they think is does this feel good this thing i'm potentially going to buy and if it feels good then they might buy it and that's so we want to measure that imagination and the stories they use to to inform themselves and the, the feelings that they have when they imagine those outcomes and that's what we call system three i love it and i, I wish i could show you a screenshot but we're running out of time of the exact wording you just used how i told my team for my current software my app is mm-hmm. I want our commercials, our, t- our our videos to help people understand the feeling they get when they use our app. How Perfect. can we how can we convey yeah. that message is what I've been telling them to, to make. And I feel like I've been doing a good job of the storytelling piece of mm. the, the UGC, you, you know, um, user generated content of people yeah. making videos for us, really showing versus telling mm. of how our app can help their lives. Is that what you guys do to help clients? Yeah, so we might work with a brand who's maybe designing their TV advertising or designing their website or uh, even inventing the product in the first place. And we want to say, how can you talk about this product that will push the the right buttons for people, that will get them to feel the emotions, that will allow them to understand what is this going to feel like and um, not just understand what it will feel like, but the best version of how it could feel. So what story should you tell um, that leads your users mentally down the right path so that they they get to this happy ending of the story of using your product i love it and where can they find out more about your product and use your service if needed or well irrationalagency.com and uh, on twitter we're at be irrational Uh, you can find me on linkedin uh, lee caldwell which uh, spelling is a bit funny but you'll hopefully put it in the uh, episode (laughs) notes notes. and um, i will uh, yeah i'd love to hear from any of your your listeners or connect with you on linkedin I love it. Irrationalagency.com, everyone. Thank you, Lee. And as always, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you learned something today, please support this podcast by subscribing to it, sharing it with your friends, and leaving a five-star review. You can learn more about me at jasonsherman.org, where you'll find information about my book, also called Strap on Your Boots, available on Amazon, as well as my course called Startup Essentials on Udemy or Skillshare. I'll see you at next week's episode.